Hallelujah. It's, um, I get amazed by the things of God. The, um, the times when <clears throat> we're struggling and we think, I just don't know how to get through this. I don't know how to improve me. I don't know how I can be. Let me tell you one thing to you. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you do. It's all about loving him. Nothing else. I'm going to fall over that if I leave it there, so I'll hide it up there. That's why I rolled it up, by the way, because I thought if I step over there, which I have a tendency to do, I'm going to fall over it. So It really is all about loving him, no matter where we're at no matter what we're feeling, no matter what it is that you've got wrapped up inside of you, no matter what it is that's struggling inside of you, love him. And expect in return his love. Nothing else. It's not going to pour out bucket loads of money from heaven. It'll be nice. doesn't come like that. A friend of mine has a, a brilliant statement, we all pray for more money. But when it turns up and overall's looking like work, you know, we, our, our, our honour to God is that we do what he asks of us. And there are times when, when we, for whatever reason, we think, how do I do that? But I don't feel like doing it. Or, that's not me. It's about honouring God. It's about honouring him with our words and our deeds. And then when our deeds don't match up to our words, it's the old walk the walk, talk the talk thing. We say, you know, I can walk the walk and talk the talk, but do I walk the talk? And then is the talk worth, worth walking? sometimes what comes out of our mouths it's just we all know some days it's not good and sometimes what runs around in our heads is really not good but you know we need to speak the worth of Christ over the things of our thought pattern Lord your worth it's your righteousness it's your holiness it's your being. It's not us. Much and all as I try, it's not me. I, I've tried for it to be me. I want it to be me. You know, I, I dress nice. I smell okay sometimes. Um, I present well. I sometimes speak well. I give what I've got. But, but what I want is more of him so I can give more of him. Because it's his worth, not mine. When sitting there this morning, listening to great worship, well done with a sore throat, by the way. Not bad. Not bad at all. Been listening to the worship and the words of the chorus, and it's it's probably one of the one of the worship songs that I rely on to get me up because it was in a dark time when I first heard it and it's in dark times that it tends to get up and it gets me up. Let it rain. Because as we turn our faces to heaven, as we look for the one who saved us, as we draw upon the God-given gift that he's given us, as we look to him to refresh us, we turn our heads up he rains on us. And I had to wipe the rain this morning. Got to take your glasses off to wipe the rain. It's okay. Because the rain comes from him. It's something that he does for me. It's his love that he pours out for me. You see, 
I struggle with this term. But it's, I guess in a lot of ways it's right. Is This is for me. This is my song. And I really don't care whether it's your song or not. It's my song. And it rains on my face. And it inspires me and it encourages me and it lifts me. I hope that it does that for you, but if it doesn't, tough. Pick another song. Find another place, but God lives within. So ask him for it. What's my song? What is my song? On a hill far away stands an old wooden cross. That's a great song too. But this is my song. Open the floodgates of heaven. Pour out on me. Pour out, pour out what? Pour out your love, Lord. Pour out that worth that you've shown me. Lord, this morning, as I've sought you this morning, I think it's been a really weird morning this morning. Adria's expanded her message this morning. She's, she spent time honouring God. She was up really early. <laughs> I'm thinking, what's going on? Get back in bed. Come on, it's time to sleep. But no, because she was honouring God with her time. And when it was time for me to, to, to get out of bed, I'd already prepared. I'd already honoured him with me. I'd said, today it's not about me. It isn't about me. It's about you, Lord. And I came here, I came here this morning and um, a couple of people said, are you speaking this morning? Are we going to hear from you this morning? And I said to one couple, I said, I hope you hear from God this morning. And because it would be easy, and it is easy, for me to... It's not easy, actually. It's easier these days, but it's not easy to sit at home and, and draw the words of God out of the Bible and out of the words that he's giving me and try and determine what's for me and what's for you. And if it's for me today, is it for you today? And most times I'd say, yep, it's for me and it's for you. But all of today is for you. Because it's all come from God. And it's got nothing to do with what you hear from me. It's that other voice back here. That one back here that's just saying, read this scripture. And you're going, but he's got a different one up there. Yeah, that's okay because this is the one I want for you and that's the one for them. You see, because all of you, all of you are seeking a new beginning because it's a new day. It's a new start to life right now. Whether we've asked for it or not, it's a new start to life right now. It might feel like yesterday. I work with a woman who you say to her in the morning, you say, hey, how's things going? She goes, Groundhog Day. Because it's just the same as yesterday. But by lunchtime she's fine because she's got through all of that. And you know, by lunchtime today, we'll have got through all that. We'll have overcome the Groundhog Day. Although it's the same as last Sunday. Or it's the same as the Sunday before. And they all talk about the same thing when they get up there. They all talk about, isn't it great? Let me tell you, it is. It is great. But there are times when the greatness feels like crap. But you know it's still great. It just feels ordinary. Inside of you it feels empty, hollow, painful, discriminated against. Because of all sorts of things. And we, we say, Lord, what about me? You haven't got this one, all right? Psalm 18. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. 
my shield and my horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And we read that in good times and we go, I haven't got any enemies. Everybody loves me, I'm a great bloke. Or I'm a great woman. Or I'm a great son or a daughter. I'm a great grandfather. Whatever it is that you're great at, I don't have any enemies. Until we look at the fact that we're worrying about where the next car payment's coming from and whether we've got time this week to go and visit those people who really need us. Have I got time this week to go and visit Sandra? Have I got time to ring Robin? Have I got time to respond to an email? Have I got love in my heart to speak to somebody that I wouldn't normally speak to? Or is just inside of me so shriveled up because I'm thinking about me that I can't do any of those things? I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Love's a verb. It's an action word. It's what we do with what we are. It's how we show the love that we've got. It's what, we, it's what we know about what was put in us. It, it's where the love of Christ shines through us. It's what becomes of us. This morning, I have a message this morning, and I'm not even started in a minute. Catherine, that'll be enough of that. <laughs> I, I'm one of those this morning who feel like I'm not worthy, who feel like I don't have enough to give, who feels like something's changed in me, something not nice because it feels empty and hollow, shallow. I'm one of those this morning who feels defeated, who feels beaten down by life, who feels, I don't know, not good enough. And you know, my God would say to me, I am your strength. I am your shield, the horn of your salvation and your stronghold. What more do I need? Well, I don't need to feel it because feelings change. A bit like the weather. Yesterday was a beautiful day. And this morning, it's Ballarat. Come on. What's it feel like? It feels like Ballarat. But you see, tomorrow and the next day, there's going to be that white stuff on the ground. And whether we like it or not, it's going to be cold. I knew here, it's going to be cold. Okay. What we feel like has got nothing to do with what we know. But sometimes, sometimes that feeling overcomes us and we've got to battle through it. And we've got to turn to these scriptures and say, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. I don't feel like it. I don't feel loved in return. I don't feel, I don't feel supported. I don't feel encouraged. I don't feel, Lord, what's going on? And then he gives me, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. 
He is my rock and my fortress. And you see, where do you run when you're in trouble? To the fortress. When we were children, we ran to the fortress in the backyard because Dad couldn't get in. He was too big. So we'd go and hide in the fortress because Dad couldn't get us. But he'd wait till we come out. But you see, with Jesus, with our Lord and Saviour, we run to the fortress that is him and we hide in him. Let me be hidden in you. Let me be secured in you. Let me be wrapped up in you so the feelings don't overcome my knowing. Because in Manoah, in Manoah, I know that he loves me and that he is my fortress and that he is my strong tower and that he does love me, whether I feel it or not. And he shows it everywhere I turn. He shows me in the smiles of the faces here today. When I was rambling on about all my hardships and stuff, he shows me because you were all feeling it. You all, you all understand it. We all understand what it is that we've been through, what it is we go through, as a friend of mine in Queensland used to, get, used to say to me, if you haven't been through it yet, you'll get there. But we've all been through it. Or we're all going through it. Or we're all going to go through it. But it's together that we do this. Together with each and every one in this room and those that aren't here, because I know that Mel and Andrew stand solidly behind me and with me in everything that I struggle with, they're there. But my Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Okay. So here was four pages of message, right? Bit of a warm-up for you. Actually, in saying that, Lord, let me thank you this morning. Father, this morning... We, we've come to hear from you. And we've heard the ramblings of, of the feeling, the feeling of lack of worth, of lack of understanding, of lack of, lack of all sorts of things. This morning, Lord, I give it all to you and I hide myself in you. And once again, I ask for your strength and your deliverance in this mortal body. I claim it in the mighty name of Jesus. Alrighty. Now, this message has actually got three different titles, right? But the theme remains the same. The temptation to be relevant. Or in other words, the temptation to be effective. To accomplish something practical, clearly beneficial, something the world believes is the answer to the problems at hand. That's all of us. We all want something better for our lives. We all want something better for our kids. I said to a young bloke the other day, he was standing in the store where I work and his father was with him and they were purchasing some stuff and the father said, I'm still trying to talk him into going back to school next year. And I said, what year are you in? I'm in year nine this year. And he's trying to be talked into going back to school. So I said to him, take these things that you've bought here today and let it teach you something. And when it's taught you something, understand that what it'll teach you, I never had the opportunity to learn. And neither did your dad. But if we take that opportunity and step into the future rather than just sitting back going, it'll be okay, I'm sure it'll be all right, and that'll be good enough, we can step into a future where we learn a bit more, where we understand a bit more. 
We don't need to wait until late in life or middle age, Judy. We don't have to wait till then until we get to that place where we go, oh, I think I should go to uni or I think I should learn this or I think I should learn that and perhaps I should have. Or should you have? And if you didn't, do you need it right now? And if the answer is yes, I do need it right now, go and do something about it. But if, if you've got a young person in your life that you're talking to, encourage them, lift them. You know, the temptation to be relevant. All our kids want to be relevant. All of our, all of our mates want to be relevant. And we, in our, own, in our own thinking, we want to be relevant in their thinking. But what's possibly wrong with that? What's wrong with being relevant? Well, at first glance, it seems harmless and even biblical. Are we not salt and light to this world? And if we are salt and light to this world, why? To make a difference. Because we're salt and light to make a difference. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked with whatever resources we have available. We got a trolley in them. We did ask them if we could have it, didn't we? Yeah, that's okay. We got, we got a, I was just, I was at the meeting when Andrew said he'd just go and borrow one and it was all right. But you know, we can do these things. We can show relevance. But what about this? How relevant does this need to be? The first scripture, I, I'm not going to read it all, but you can read it all. Romans 15, 14 to 22. If you just throw up 17 and 18 for me, Laurie, that'll be great. Romans 15, 14 to 22, verse 14 says, Now I am confident concerning you. This is Paul talking. He's saying, here we go, I'm confident concerning you that you also are full of goodness. You also. Not you on your own. Not just you, Jess. It's not just you. It's all of us. We're all full of goodness but it's his goodness. You see, it goes on and into verse 17 and I'm reading from the New King James Version and that'll be different. Therefore I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed, to make the Gentiles obedient. If you leave the last little bit out of that, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus for the things which pertain to God, the things which he did, which we saw him do. And Jesus said, I don't do anything I don't see the Father do. So God did it. Jesus did it and showed us how to do it and he expects us to do it. We don't have to be perfect at it. We don't even have to feel like it's a good thing. If it says it in here, have a go. What's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing. Because if you don't do anything, nothing happens. And when we fail, and I've failed, when we fail, not if you fail, when you fail, Lord, you are my strength. You are my, you are my daily strength. You are my moment-to-moment -moment strength. Turn to him. Pastor, we knew, used to, 
he was one of our pastors in Queensland. Um, he used to turn the lights out in the place and grab a torch and shine the light on the ceiling and say, when you're going the wrong way, just turn around. It looks really good. The, the picture, think, just think about it because the light's shining over there. And he's walking along with his head down. He said, when you're going the wrong way, just turn. And the light had, in a darkened room, the light just flashes everywhere. And God just flashes everywhere. And he shines on you and he shines on me and he says, this is the way. He doesn't say to you, I don't actually remember God ever saying to me, what were you doing over there? Why were you hiding under that rock? He doesn't say that. He says, this is the way. This this is the truth. And this is the way. Go this way. But there's all these bits in the way. Well, climb over them. If you're one of those people who likes to move stuff, go for your life. It always slowed me down, moving stuff. So I just climbed over it. I figured that if my God was a big God, and he is, by the way, he would lift me over it. And if we crashed into the drum kit and the door on the way through, it really didn't matter. Just go. You see, because going, the Lord says, you've got to go. But until we're going, he can't do anything. Because while we stand here or sit here or go that way, when he said go that way, nothing's going to change. We don't become any different because we think that's a good thing when he said that's a better one. For I will not dare to speak of any of the things Christ has not accomplished through me. You see, I stand up here and I tell you all these stories, but it's what's going on in me or it's what's gone on in me. It's what I've grown through and it's what I've seen others grow through. And I know that we can just turn round. I've spoken to a lot of people who say, when you're public speaking, don't use the word just. Don't just anything because it's not that easy. Let me tell you, turning back to God or turning to God for the first time is probably the single most difficult thing you will ever do. But it's worth every ounce of energy that it takes to do it. It's not worth a little bit. It's worth every ounce of it. And I will not dare to speak of the things which Christ has not accomplished through me. Not that he's going to accomplish, because I know he's going to accomplish great things. Because he said so. It's everywhere in here. The word of this book, the words that are Jesus, say to me, you are worthy. You are healed. You are strong. You are capable. And everywhere the you are's appear in here, I've got my name scrawled in. Because I need to know that Trevor's capable, that Trevor's strong, and that I needed to know as recently as a couple of weeks ago that it was okay to stuff up. It's not right, but he'll come get me when I turn round, when I turn back to him and say, what do I do now? How do I, how do I, and I stopped because I can't fix it. He can because it's about me. You see, he can resurrect this life and if if he will resurrect this life, then everything around me is resurrected if I let it be. But if I get in the way, if I go, not now, I'm going to keep going down this muddy track over here. That's not going to call me healed and restored until that
becomes a brick wall and I don't go that way. But only I can do that. You see, I will dare not to speak of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. I became a really good bricklayer. A couple of weeks ago, built myself a really strong wall to stop me going there. Because I needed to. You might not need to. You might have built that wall years and years ago. But just over here, there's another one. You've got to build one there. But you see, if this, if this is such a bright light, is such a warm place, is such a large encompassing being that that draws you more than that will ever draw you, then this is the place to be. Because that's cold and dark and lonely. And that hurts. And there's pain over there. But over here there's love and acceptance and knowing. Knowing here, knowing here. You see, when we finally decide that that's not the place I need to be, it might be the place you want to be. It's got nothing to do with what you want to do. It's about where do you need to be? We need to be in a place of love and acceptance. We need to be in a place where we can be encouraged and uplifted and taught that this is the way. This is a great environment for that. But last time I looked, my bed's not here. My kitchen stuff's not here. The fridge does not have the things that I have in my fridge. I'm really disappointed in some of that. There's no chocolate biscuits here. They've got those other things they call biscuits, but there's, you know. What we need to do is, we don't live here much and all as I'd like to live here, because for me, here's safe. Because you don't lead me anywhere I shouldn't be. The people that come here aren't going to encourage me to do the things that the past, the old me, did. All that stuff that I used to do in my past. Because you all encourage me to the light. And I hope and I pray that I can encourage you to the light. Because that's the way. Because that's where the truth is and that's where the life is. And that's not. Hebrews 6, 9 says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. That's all of us. He's hopeful. They're confident of better things concerning us. They were hopeful when the book of Hebrews was written. They were confident when it was written. They were expectant when things, when this was written, they were expectant that we would be encouraged by their words. Turn to the things of God, not away from turn into the arms of a loving father. Now for some of us that's a real difficulty because our fathers weren't loving and his arms always hurt. And let me tell you, the father who lives in heaven, who looks down on every one of us and who sent his son to die for us, is enough for every one of us. Every one of us individually and every one of us jointly. And we will, as a community of Christ believers, we will stand in that place and be confident of better things concerning you. We will stand in that place and we will be delivered from the brick walls of our lives. We will be understood in the, in the journey that it takes to get from there to there. And you know how far that journey is? It's about that far. It's just turning this and this that way. 
Not that way. That way. This morning I am I'm over I'm overtaken this morning by the things of Christ in me this morning. My past will never fulfill my future. But Christ will. But we say again, what's wrong with being relevant? Yeah, I don't know. I've, nearly, I've never really wanted to be relevant. I've never really sort of sat back and thought, what if? There are things in my life that I really want to do, but has it got to do with relevance or has it got to do with just there are things in my life that I really want to do? But if I really want to do what I really want to do, is it really enough? There's a book called In the Name of Jesus, written by Henry Newman. And he suggests that the root temptation is putting our worth in achievement and not in Christ. And it's that place we get to where we think, I could do with another job. Not because I could do with another job, just because I don't like the one I'm in. I haven't grown to the place where I can accept where I am. What's God saying about that? Is God saying you need another job? Because if God's saying you need another job, there'll be people coming to you and saying, we'd like to employ you. And you're going, no, no, I've got a really good job now, thanks. But they'll be coming anyway. And they'll be knocking on your door. They'll be approaching you. But see, if it's about achievement, it'll be about you saying, I'm really good at what I do, so I think I need more money or I need a better job. Or I need to work somewhere else. Is it God? Or is it good? There's a bit of a difference. I found that out. Pastor we had in Queensland when we were first born again. I applied for a new job. It was about two weeks after we were born again, I talked to a guy in the church and I said, is that, a, that the type of job I can do? He said, absolutely, you'd be brilliant at it. And the senior pastor came to me and said, I believe you've applied for this job. I said, yeah, I have. He said, don't take it. I was two weeks old in the Lord, two or three weeks old. What am I to know? It was a really good job. Paid really well. Got me out of crawling around in roofs and under floors. I was feeling great. What do you mean don't take it? You see, if we hear the word of God, whenever it is we hear the word of God, things change. Things are different. And perhaps if I'd listened, perhaps things would be different. Perhaps not. Who knows? God knows. So do we get worth from our achievement or do we get worth from what we know of Christ? <clears throat> and the question is, the question is not how many, take, how many people take you seriously. It's not how much are you going to accomplish. And it's not can you show some results. It's are you in love with Jesus? And as I said earlier, <clears throat> love's an action word. It's a doing thing. It's not a sitting at home going, oh yeah, I love Jesus, but the footy's on. And I love Jesus, but it's only three-quarter time. But I love Jesus. Do I love Jesus? Or do I like the things about Jesus? 
So I really like coming here. I truly appreciate and love every one of you. And that's a work of God. <laughs> We're just That's an unbelievable work of God. Because it wouldn't have, like if, if you hadn't have been in my circle of friends, if you hadn't have done the things I wanted to do back before we met Christ, I wouldn't have talked to half of you. Because <laughs> you just weren't, you weren't where I wanted to be. You didn't do the things I wanted to do. And now I really don't care what you do. I just want to love you. I want to be because God's filled me and God's given me something and he continues to give me something and it's got to nothing to do with where I work or how much money I earn. The temptation in desiring to be relevant is that being relevant, not our love of Christ, guides our footsteps. See, being... You see, if it's... If we're going to be relevant, who are we relevant to? Surely it's those that are still out there and not those that are in here. So is that a place we take our love of Christ? Or is it just saved up for in here? That we're good, loving, fun-loving, enjoying Everybody, we can enjoy this, we can sit around and we can say, I love you all and isn't it wonderful? And I know later I'm going to go and give Fabio a hug because he's my mate. And he and I have got a really strong relationship, but is it just we can do it here, but out in the street it's a bit difficult? Not a chance. Because he, he and I will hug each other wherever we are. <laughs> Whoever's watching. And if you're not careful, I'll sneak up on you in the street as well. But you see, what are we, what's the relevance in all of that? The relevance is to show to those who are truly unloved and have no idea what it means that Christ loves them because he's showing it through us. I wrote this down, I read this, and I thought, yeah, that's, that's a great statement for me. And then later, and I'd written it down, and then later on it ended up on this page. Visible success in ministry can become an idol and dangerous for the soul. That's for every one of us. Visible success in ministry can become an idol and dangerous for the soul. When Wilson introduced me, Wilson said, here is a man of God. And there are times when I struggle with it, being the man of God, because I'm not sure that I'm the man of God that you all see. But then it's not about what you see. It's about what he sees. <laughs> and fortunately, for all of us, He's working on me and I'm letting him. Because I've got myself out of the way, finally. I've changed habits of old. I've become different. Because he is my saviour, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my shield and my salvation. You know, I look, at, I look at where we are today. Do we still look at Jesus the way we did when we first met him? Is he the same all-encompassing, all-being God that we first met? See, and I think I might have shared with you guys this once before. Somebody asked me once, had I seen the light? Because she'd heard that I was a Christian in the work, and I'm in the workplace, and she came up and said, have you seen the light? I hear you're a Christian, have you seen the light? I said, no, I never saw the light. She said, but surely you would have seen the light because she'd met somebody who had seen a light which had drawn them to Christ. I just said to her, no, I didn't see the light, I met the man. 
There's a difference in how we interpret what we did. I don't know how you all came to Christ. I don't know what he looks like to you. But whatever it is that he looks like to you, be that. He's asking you for permission to be with you, to abide in you. Live inside. Let him. And when the dark times come, remember that he's there because he's going, I'm watching you. But he's not saying that's the wrong way. He says this is the right way. Make this more important than that. Understand the clarity of the question. You know, Isaiah 6 verse 5 to 8 says, Woe is me for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he'd taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with, he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Now verse 8, this is Trev's version of verse 8. Okay, Trev's version of verse 8. Behold, it says, sorry, I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? Pick me! Pick me, I want to go, I want to go. Pick me, I really want to be there. Come on, I can do it. Pick me. And it looks like, pick, please pick, pick me. It's the little fat kid in the playground going, pick me, pick me. And they can't see you because you're so little and all the big kids all stand up the front. So you do this. Pick me, please, just pick me. I haven't been picked for months. Pick me. They hated picking me. Basketball was one of those games they hated picking me because I wasn't big enough. But mate, I could take you off at the kneecaps, not a problem. But you know, the thing with it is, pick me. And our head's going, not until you're worthy. Not until you show me something. Not until you know the rules. And your heart's going, listen to me. Listen to me. And the old, the old man went, but you'll lead me the wrong way. And the new man, the one who knows Christ, who lives in Jesus and has him live in me, says I'm worthy, I'm able and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So pick me. And he does. Every day. Let him pick you. Let him pick you. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. All of them. You too. So shall you be saved from your enemies. The enemies of self-doubt, of pity, misunderstanding, doubt, unbelief, lack of, too much of, I don't know, I'm not sure. You'll be saved from all of those enemies because the word of God says so. But don't wait until you feel like it. 
don't wait until you can, you can truly understand in yourself that it feels okay, let's have a go. Because that's not what it's about. It's not about how you feel, it's about what you know. And what I know is written down in here. And what I know is that I am worthy because he said so. And if he said so, that'll do. You see, his word tells me I'm beautiful. You all go, that's doubtful. You see, I get back to that statement I made earlier. I really don't care because I care about what he thinks. And when I can readjust my focus so that it's about what he thinks, then everything's okay. So this morning, if you're in this place today and you've got doubt, we'll open up the, the river for you. But I would ask you to turn your face him and let it rain let it rain on you he will open the floodgates and whether you're wearing glasses or not you'll notice that your eyes get wet because we've turned our face to him and you are worthy worthy of everything that he's going to give you worthy of everything that he has given you you are worthy and you are truly, truly loved. If you, need to, if you need somebody to stand with you to help you turn away from the things that are holding you back or just not even to turn away from but to just to turn to that great all-encompassing love that is Jesus, please come and see us. Stand in the river with us for a while. Turn your face unto Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And all the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of amazing grace or something. (laughs) Power and grace, I think it is. You know, we need to understand right now here's a place for us a place of acceptance a place of understanding and a place of love if that's you today come and share in it if it's not turn to the person sitting next to you give them a big hug tell them Jesus loves them let's have a great day enjoy lunch whatever it is you're doing I'm going to enjoy a coffee Catherine (laughs) Barry, (laughs) one of you, and uh, let's have a great day together. If you don't have to run away, please don't run away. Love on somebody before you go. And just know I've had a great morning this morning. I've trusted you with my heart this morning. And Jesus loves every one of us. Hallelujah. Whew. Oh, good. Thank you.